see so many faces that I'm familiar with, and I look forward to seeing you every chance that I get. You are welcome here, amen, and I'm glad. We have such a welcoming body. I was uh, speaking with one of our families this morning that are seated on the opposite side of the building that they normally sit on, and I said, I see you've moved over today. And the reality is that someone came in and took their seat. I, I, I know that there are some churches where that could cause a war, but not here at Spirit Life. Our people are so welcoming and warm, and they just simply decide to sit in a different chair. They all sit the same anyway. And so I'm just thankful that you're here today with such a wonderful group of people who love Jesus and, uh, and are thankful for a good local church. Many of you are family members of others that attend here. We welcome you and we're glad that you're here with us this morning. And listen, you may not know this, but I want to make sure that you're aware of this. Our church is open every Sunday at 1030. We, we're here every week. And so if you just wake up one Sunday morning with a wild hair and decide you want to come to church, we'll be here waiting for you. We would love to have you week after week. And I know that many of you are involved in other churches and that you're here today to visit with your family, and I get that. Let me just mention very quickly that immediately following our service this morning, we'll be having an egg hunt in the front yard over here to my right and your left. And all the children are welcome to participate in that Parents, we need your help. We need for you to go out there with them and make sure that they get there so that they'll go to the right place and kind of help us maintain order uh, while they're doing the egg hunt. So you're all welcome to go. And uh, it's my understanding that they've got a lot of eggs over there that are filled with chocolate. How many of you like chocolate? Amen. Me too. In fact, I, why don't we just quit right now and go get... No, I'm, I, I'm only kidding. So I know they would appreciate your help. <clears throat> and then for those of you who will not be staying for the egg hunt, can I ask a big favor of you and ask you to please be very, very careful as you are leaving today going through the parking lot as there will be children out there and some of them will be in the parking lot moving here and there and wherever. Just watch is all I'm asking. In fact... If you could exit from the park side of the parking lot today, that would help us tremendously as the children will be on this side. So with all that said, I thank you and I appreciate you being here this morning. I'm going to uh, receive an offering this morning. We don't typically do this on a, a usual basis on Sunday morning. Our people know how to pay their tithe, and we put those in the box at the back, and we just, it's not that we don't receive offerings and pay tithe, we do, it's just that we know how to do that <clears throat> on a regular basis. But today, uh, we have a very special project that we are involved with, and uh, I want the ushers to get ready to come. This last year, we took on a project for a an orphanage that has been located in Ukraine. But due to the war with Russia, these children had to be moved out of the Ukraine. 
They originally were located in another country, Germany, but Germany would not allow them to remain there. And so we found a temporary home for them in Spain. So our Ukrainian children are now currently in Spain where they will remain until they are allowed to go home to the Ukraine. They're not intending to stay in Spain forever. They're intending to go home as soon as it is safe to do so. And in the meantime, because they are living there temporarily, there are some costs involved that typically are not part of their working budget. So we, along with several other churches, have taken on this project for this year. We decided that it would be really fun if we took our Ukraine coffee cups that were distributed a few weeks ago and filled them up with quarters for the borders. <clears throat> we have these coffee cups. If you, They will hold 200 quarters. And many of you have been working on this now for quite some time. And we decided just to make it interesting that we would have a, a quarter war between the men and the women and see if the women could raise more money than the men or vice versa. And so today we're going, today is time for the war to commence. I know that some of you have already been battling out in your homes. In fact, I had one disgruntled husband text me one day and say, uh, you may have to come over to my house and settle this because my wife keeps stealing my quarters. And so, I, you know, I don't know what's going on in your household, but it's time for you to release those quarters into the kingdom today. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you brought your mug that is full of quarters today, in just a moment, I want you to bring those down here. And ladies, if you will put them on this side of the building... My right, your left, and men, if you would bring your cups full of quarters and put them on this side, then Erlene will count those this week. She, she will add all of it up, and next week we will declare a winner between the men and the women. Now, if you did not participate in the quarters, we will still accept your donations by way of check or cash. That's what the ushers are for today. And so ushers, come forward, come down here, turn around and look at the congregation because I'm going to have them come and bring their offering to you as the others are bringing their cups and placing them on the, the, the front altar. So everything that we receive today in this offering, regardless of whether it's a check or cash or quarters in these mugs, 100% of this will go to our project, our kids that are temporarily in Spain, our Ukrainian orphanage. So are you ready to do this? This should be fun. Now, no fighting husbands and wives on the way down here. Don't trip your husband. Don't trip your spouse. Don't knock them over or anything like that. Just bring your quarters in Jesus' name and it'll be okay. Are you ready? So I want you to prepare your offering now and I'm going to pray if you have a check or cash you can bring it, put it in your envelope, and bring it down, put it in these baskets. If you have cups or quarters or other containers, you can bring them in just a moment. Let's pray, and then we'll receive the offering. Lord, 
I thank you again for this congregation and the opportunity that we have to participate in what you are doing around the world. And Lord, our heart <clears throat> has been praying for and we've been praying for these children and uh, their safety and just being able to exist in a positive uh, environment that, that they're finding here in Spain. We pray that this war will soon end so that they can be reunited with their homeland and reunited with their family members. Lord, thank you for allowing us to participate. Now, I pray that this offering today will be a generous offering that we will be able to sow into what you're doing and their lives can be blessed because of what we do today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So come bring, bring your cups, bring your quarters. If you've got pennies, if you've got nickels, if you've got whatever, bring it and put it in these um, baskets or on the front stage. <coughs> My mom and dad used to sing, falling, 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 here the nickels fall. Everyone for Jesus, he shall have them all. Hey, <clears throat> I see a cup with some bills. All right. This is fantastic. Some of them have already wrapped their quarters. Erlene, you won't even have to count those. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> <laughs> hopefully you put your name on your cup if you didn't we'll do our best to get the cup back to you so that you can drink coffee from these ukrainian cups and know that as you do you can pray for these children if you didn't do it maybe as soon as church is over tonight or this morning get it and uh, put your name on there we'll make sure to get your cup back to you all right. Thank you, Lord, for this offering. I pray that you'll use it greatly in the lives of these children. Bless every gift and every giver today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so I don't know about you, but I've been in church now really all my life. I'm 64 years old, and I believe that I've been in probably at least 64 Easter services, at least. I've been in church all my life. I've come on Christmas. I've come on Easter. I've come on Pentecost Sunday. I've come on Mother's Day. I've come on Father's Day. I've come on you name it. I've come. And typically, I've always heard the lessons and the theology around that particular holiday. <clears throat> There's probably very few of us in the house this morning that don't know about the theology of what Easter is all about. You do know that it's not about the Easter Bunny, right? And you do know that it's not about all those celebrations. I'm not condemning that. We're going to have a celebration with our family today as well. But that really is not what Easter and Christmas and all of the, the holidays are about. 
We know that Jesus came and introduced himself on Palm Sunday as the Messiah. We know that this Holy Week was all about him coming to a place that will ultimately lead him to Calvary and a cross there where he would die for you and me and for our sins. We know that on Saturday he was very active doing behind-the-scenes intervention in the world and outside of the world. And we know that on Sunday, on the third day, He arose from the grave. Aren't you glad that we serve a living Savior today? But if you're like me, as a younger gentleman in, in particularly, I always wondered beyond the theology. I always wondered beyond... Uh, the facts of Easter and the facts of Holy Week and the facts of Christmas and the facts as we know them. And I always ask myself the question, but what benefit does that bring to my life? What does that mean to my everyday life as I live in this world? What Jesus did, how does it affect me? So today, I know that you know all about Holy Week, and I know that you know all about the Messiah, and I know that you know about the cross, I know that you know about the trial, I know that you know about the resurrection, I know that you know all those things. But have you ever wondered, what did Jesus do after he rose from the grave? And so this morning, I want to talk to you for a few moments about Jesus after the resurrection and what it means to us. Our scripture for the day is found in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and if you have a different one, that's okay. Open it up on your device, your phone, or if you have a Bible, open that. Or you can simply watch the screens and receive this passage of Scripture today. Beginning in verse 19, it says, And when it was evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. And Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace. Be still, peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, some versions say a second time, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And after saying this, He breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Let's pray for God's blessings upon the Word today. Father, thank you for the opportunity that you have blessed me with to be able to represent you by speaking and preaching the Word of God today. I pray that you will open the hearts of those who are listening today. Let them receive from your Word what they need to hear for their lives so their lives can be changed by the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I would like to know how many of you, when you get up in the morning, how many of you struggle with getting at it in the day? I mean, you got to have two or three cups of coffee. You know, you got to have some quiet time. You just need people to leave you alone when you get up in the morning. Is that you? Can I see your hands? Most of this congregation today. Let me see the hands of those of you that the instant that you wake up, there's a song in your heart. You set up on the side of the bed, your feet hit the floor, and you're ready to rumble. I mean, you declare boldly, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. How many of you, can I see your hands? Is that you today? I see both of you. Actually, there were a few more than that. The reason I point that out is because when we join this story today from Scripture, we join it on the evening of the day that Jesus rose from the dead. The indication here is that as soon as Jesus rose from the dead, he knew there are some things that I need to do. He had 40 days to get the job done. Now, he'd already paid for our sins. He did that at Calvary. He had already taken care of stripes for our healing. He had already done that at Calvary. The price had been paid for that. In fact, he even declared it by his own words when he said, It is finished. But when he rose from the dead, he didn't take a break and say, Well, I've done it all, so there's nothing left for me to do. No, when we join this story, we see him being involved in the lives of people. In fact, we can go to John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, and we see that he spent a considerable amount of time with a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene. He spent time encouraging her and edifying her and building her up and preparing her for her future. And now in this passage of Scripture, we see him interacting with the disciples uh, who are huddled together in a place of absolute terror and fear. There are three things that we need to look at in this story today. And the first is, they were huddled together in a room where the doors were locked. They didn't want anybody coming in to where they were. So they locked the doors. We also know that not only did they lock the doors, but we know why they locked the doors. It was because they were afraid. How many of you lock your doors at night when you go to bed? Can I see your hands? You know, in the day, we didn't have to do that kind of thing. But in the day that we live in today, it's very important that we lock the door because we are concerned about what might happen in the evening hours. But then the third thing that I want you to notice from this passage of Scripture is that behind locked doors, in the midst of their fear, Jesus came to where they were and ministered to them in a personal and powerful way. So there are some things I want to point out to you about this and about the post-resurrection Jesus. And the first thing is this. It doesn't matter what obstacle it is, obstacles cannot stop Jesus. 
They cannot stop him from doing what needs to be done. Now, what obstacles am I talking about? I'm talking about locked doors. I'm talking about these doors that had been secured by these disciples because they were concerned that someone would get into where they were and do to them what they had done to Jesus. And so they locked the doors. But the Scripture tells us that Jesus came in to where they are. Now here's the interesting part. It doesn't say that He knocked on the door and asked for entrance. It doesn't say that he went to the window and began to shout, Hey, let me in. It doesn't say any of that. In fact, the indication is that now, because Jesus is in a post-resurrected body, there's nothing that can stop Jesus from going anywhere he wants to go. And the implication here is that he just simply walked into the room. They didn't open a door. He didn't knock. He didn't ask for entrance. He just walked into the room. Now that means that there's nothing that can stop Jesus from going wherever he needs to go. In verse 20, the scripture says that he showed the disciples his hands and his side. And in Luke chapter 24, verses 24 through 39, excuse me, verse 39, he said, Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Did you catch that? He said, the spirit, a spirit, does not have flesh and blood, but you see that I have a body. So his body was a body that was post-resurrection. It was a glorified body. He could go wherever he wanted to go. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He could show up whenever he wanted to show up without any obstacle being able to prevent him from going where he wanted to go. Now what does that mean to you and me today? What does it mean that no obstacle can stop Jesus from doing what Jesus knows needs to be done? Well, here's what it means to you and me. It means that no matter what you've got going on in your life, nothing can prevent Jesus from getting to where you are. No matter what you're dealing with, He can find you, and no power from hell can prevent Him from being able to get to where you are. Aren't you glad that Jesus can get to you wherever you are? That He can come right into your life and right into your situation. It means that there's no person on the face of this earth who can do for, Jesus, for us what Jesus can do for us. There is no counselor who can tell you about yourself better than Jesus can tell you about yourself and give you counsel as you need it. There is no doctor who can probe you so deeply that it is better than what Jesus can do. How many of you know that Jesus can heal you just like that? I mean, you can go to the doctor and the first thing they want to do is run tests. They'll say, we want to do a scan on you. We want to scan your brain. We want to make sure you have a brain in the first place. 
We want to give you an MRI. We want to, we want to take a, a test and see what your heart is doing. We, we want to probe you and poke you and take your blood and take everything we can to help us determine what in the world is wrong with you. But let me just tell you today, I, it, while I'm not against doctors and I'm not against nurses, I can tell you that the risen Jesus Christ who took stripes upon His back so that we could be whole and healthy, He is able able to probe you and determine whatever in the world is wrong with you and bring healing to your body. That's what it means to us. No doctor can go where the Spirit of Christ can go. Your spouse can't go where Jesus can go. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that there have been times in your relationship with your spouse when you thought, my spouse just simply does not understand me. They don't know what I'm dealing with. They don't know what I'm going through. They can't help me in this situation. And I'll be honest with you, there have been many times that I've needed something from Donna that she couldn't supply and vice versa. There have been times that she needed something from me that I couldn't provide because I didn't understand. But you know what I've discovered? I've discovered that even when we cannot supply what is needed to each other, we have a Savior. We have a Jesus uh, who understands us and can probe our lives and determine what is needed. No obstacle can stop Him from that. He can reach you. He can reach into you anywhere and anytime that it is needed. So I want you to know that there's no obstacle that can stop you from Jesus you know, stop Jesus from getting to you. He is able to get to you. Second thing I want you to notice is that fear can't phase him. How many of you know that Jesus, as the southern Illinois people I grew up with would say, he ain't scared of nothing. He doesn't deal with fear like you and I do because he's already defeated everything that could bring fear into his life. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He is not afraid. And that enables him to come to people who are afraid, and he can simply walk right in to your fear and your situation. I have fear from time to time. You have fear from time to time. But it's in those moments that we experience fear that Jesus just walks into that fear and takes his rightful place. And you know, when Jesus is there, the fear has to leave. He says, I come to my own when they are afraid. I don't wait for them to get their act together and their fear under control. I don't wait for them to have enough faith to overcome the fear that they are experiencing. In fact, I come to help them have enough faith to overcome fear. Jesus will give you the peace that you need to be able to walk through the fear that you're experiencing. Fear has no place in the life of a believer. He said in Isaiah chapter 41, through the prophet Isaiah, it was prophesied, Fear not, I am with you. Don't be dismayed, 
I am your God and I will help you. Have you ever had an experience in your life where you were afraid? An experience in your life where you feared some circumstance? A, A situation in your life where not having the information that you needed caused great concern for you? I'm telling you, even in those moments, Jesus will come to right where you are. And just knowing that Jesus is there. You know why I love to come to church? I love to come to church because it's in this environment that I can be at peace. No matter what I'm facing, I can come in here. And I can know that I am in the midst of a group of people who not only love Jesus, but their lives are directed by Him. And they have faith. And we can work this thing out and walk it out in faith, not fear. And that's the reason I love to come. I love to be around people who are full of faith. I love to have conversations with people who are full of faith. I like to be around people who will say to me in moments of concern, don't worry about it, God has this. God is going to give you the strength that you need. Remember that in your weakness, He is strong. And when He is strong, then you have nothing to fear. Fear does not faze Him. Jesus is not afraid of anything. And so when you face something in your life that brings fear to you, call upon the name of Jesus. Call upon the one who fears nothing. And you will be in the presence of the one who will give you faith to overcome. Thirdly, I want you to see that distance can't deter him. Look at verse 19. It says, The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, and Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus came. Last week, we talked about the king is coming. The Messiah has come into this earth. You know, He is still with us today. He will still energize us in the midst of our circumstances. Now, here's some good news that you need to hear today. You don't have to ask Jesus to come anymore. He's already here. He is omnipresent. We have His Spirit living and dwelling within us. In those days, He came physically to these disciples so that they'd know, I can get to you no matter where you are. Nothing can deter me from being in your presence when you need me. I'm thankful for a God that knows exactly where I am and is able to come to me in the moment when I feel all alone and when it feels like that I have no one to help me, to stand beside me. And then I realize that Jesus is right here. I go through Scripture and I realize that Jesus made it a point to get to people who needed Him. Do you remember the woman at the well in the New Testament? Before Jesus went to her, He told the disciples, He said, and in the King James Version, it, it goes like this. He said, I must needs go to Samaria. They said, well, that's a long way around, Lord. That, it'll take us a lot longer to get where we're going if we go through Samaria. But Jesus needed 
to go through Samaria because there was a woman there who needed a life transformation that would change her world. Jesus went out of his way to get to the woman at the well. Jesus went out of his way. Do you remember when the disciples were in the boat and the storm had risen and they were by themselves and it was as though that there was no hope for them whatsoever. And then here comes Jesus. He's just walking on the water right across to where they are. And they thought it was a ghost. They said, man, that, that, that's a crazy looking ghost over there. What in the world's going on here? And then they realized and recognized that it was Jesus. And Jesus ultimately got into the boat with them. What do you need Jesus to get into with you today? Do you need him to get into your marriage? Do you, know, do you need Jesus to get into your employment situation? Do you need Jesus to get into your financial situation? Do you know, need Jesus to get into your body and your healing? Do you need Jesus to get into your heart and your soul and become your Savior? Where do you need Jesus to come to? Because I promise you, nothing can stop Jesus from getting to you where you are. He doesn't always ask you to come to him. Many times, Jesus will say, you just stay right where you are, and I will come to you. Aren't you glad that he will leave the 99 in order to find the one sheep that is going astray and get to that one that needs his touch? And then there's one final thing I want to give you this morning, and it is this. Satan can't silence him. He can't. Think about this for a minute. The disciples are afraid. They're in this room. They got the doors locked. They don't want the Jews to be able to get into where they are. They don't want to have to deal with that. And Jesus comes into where they are in the midst of their fear. And the Bible says that what, they said, what he said was, Peace to you. Those were the words out of his mouth. John chapter 20, 21 and 22. He said, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I'm also sending you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't, I don't want to get out of order here this morning. But what he's talking about here is a close intimacy with his people. He got so close to them that he could literally breathe on them. And they could sense the nearness of their Lord. Now I like my wife. I like her when she's all the way across the room from me. I like her when she's in another state. I like her when she's in, a, in another city. I like her. I love her, but I like her too. And I like more than anything else to be close enough to her that I can feel her hot breath breathing on my cold neck. 
I know you didn't expect to get that in an Easter message on Sunday morning. I like to get close enough to her that I can pull her to me. She's a little shorter than me. I don't know if you noticed that or not. I like it when she can lay her head right here on my chest. And I can feel that hot air coming out of her nostrils onto my neck. I'm telling you, I get inspired just like that. I feel like I can whip the world when my wife breathes on me. Now don't leave yet, stay with me. Some of you, I can see it in your eyes, you're ready to go right now. There's something about being close to someone who loves you. There's something comforting about being close to your spouse who cares deeply for you and knows everything about you and has concerns when you have concerns. There's something about that kind of relationship. And that's what Jesus was doing in this moment. He came to them in the moment of their difficulty and their fear and their frustration when they've locked everyone out of their room. Jesus shows up and he pulls them up close. And the scripture says that he said, peace, peace. Don't worry about all that. Peace. Believe me, peace can be yours. And then he drew himself close to them. And the Bible says he breathed on them. He breathed peace on them. And he said, receive my spirit. I'm ready to close. If you'll come help me quit, I would appreciate it. But here's what I want you to get. This post-resurrection Jesus is what we need to experience today. We know the theology of Easter. We know the theology that is taught in Scripture. I could have given you all that theology today. But what we really need in our lives is this post-resurrection Jesus who got up out of that grave and immediately went to work in the life of Mary Magdalene, in the life of the disciples, in the midst of of their fear in the midst of being in that place where everyone is locked out and I don't want anybody speaking to me and bothering me I'm in my safe place some of you came here today only because a family member invited you to come and you thought I'll make their day I'll show up at church today and I'm glad you came I said this last week or maybe the week before. Listen, Jesus is not trying to get you positioned to just do religious stuff. We think that if we just do the religious stuff, that that's enough. Jesus is not trying to get you to be religious. He's trying trying to come where you are 
He's not intimidated by your life right now. He's not afraid of the things that you're afraid of. He's not scared. Because he knows not only does he have the answers, he is the answer. He just he doesn't just possess the wisdom that you need. He is what you need. And if I can be frank to you, he, he's less concerned about how many times per year that you go to church and whether or not you pay your tithe and give an offering and, and show up and teach a Sunday school class. I'm not saying that any of those things are bad. Scripture is very clear that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as the body of Christ and particularly in the last days. And we are certainly living in the last days. So church attendance is good. Being with the body of Christ is good. But listen, you can do all of that and still not be in relationship with Jesus Christ. Because in order to be in relationship with Him, you must receive the peace that He is offering you today. You say, how do I do that? You just simply come to Him and say, Lord, I admit, I confess that I am a sinner. I confess that. But I also believe and confess that you are a Savior. And by coming into my heart and into my life, you can bring the forgiveness of the fault of sin. And you can set me free. And you can make me whole from all of that. And I don't know how you feel about it today, but I'm, I'm so thankful that Jesus, so many years ago, spoke that peace into my life. And if he would do it for me, he will do it for you. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Now listen. If you know me at all, you know that I'm not a high-pressure dude never been a rod parsley I can't as they used to say I don't know how to shuck and buck like he does I don't know how to do all that I, I'm not a screamer and a hollerer I'm not you know me I'm just not that but I tell you what I am I will speak truth and I will give you opportunity to receive truth what I've preached to you today is truth. Jesus went to Calvary. He paid the price for our sins. They laid him in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he rose again, proving that he's victorious over every situation. Death, hell, and the grave cannot stop our Savior. And on the very day that he rose from the grave, he got busy with people that needed him to interact in their lives. He didn't waste a minute. 
And he's here today to give you the opportunity to accept him and to believe in him. Trust him that your sins can be removed. But here's the deal. It's got to be your choice. It's got to be your choice. You know why Jesus told those disciples, I'm giving you the peace? He said, because I have a purpose for you. I'm sending you out. All I want you to do is tell people about me. I want you to tell people about me so that they can know me and experience me. And that's what I'm trying to do today is tell you about a man named Jesus who died for our sins, who rose again, and who is today seated at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercessions for the saints. Bow your heads with me, if you will, this morning. And while you're bowing your head, just, just listen to my voice. The scripture authorizes us to represent him to the world. So as I stand behind this sacred desk today, I stand as his representative, as his ambassador. And I want to ask you this morning, if this were the last day that you'd ever live on the face of this earth, if this were it, Are you certain that your sins are forgiven and that you would spend eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ? You know you'd make it to heaven beyond any shadow of a doubt because you have made that choice. If you haven't done that in your life and you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to take a big, bold step of faith this morning. And right where you are, will you just lift your hand so that I can see your hand and know who you are. You need Jesus. You want Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Those of you who are out there in, on the internet, by the live stream, maybe it's you. Is there anyone? you've never accepted Christ as your Savior and you want today to be the day. Now see your hand. Now let me ask you another question. It's possible that there are people here today that you'd say, I know what it is to have come to Christ. I asked the Lord into my life a long time ago. Sunday school when I was a kid. Children's church when I was a child youth group when I was a young individual. I know what it is, but I've never really meant business by serving Jesus and walking with Him. But today, I want a fresh start with Jesus. I want to begin again. And I want Him to do in me what I know that He did so many years ago. I want to be revived in my soul. Can I see your hand if that's you today? That's right. Keep your hands up. I see several this morning. Amen. And you can put your hands down. 
here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you today. And here's what I want you to pray. I want you to just simply pray, Lord, I still love you. And I still need you. And I want you to revive my soul today as I start again. Will you pray that, Father, in Jesus' name, I come to you right now. I thank you for every one of these hands that was raised in this house today. Men and women who have declared that I know what it is to serve the Lord. I've done it. I've asked Him to forgive me. But truth be known, I really haven't served Him the way that I should. So today... I'm asking for a fresh start. I'm asking for a fresh cleansing and a fresh washing. Do it for me today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Now look up here. Look up here today. I'm so glad you came today. I'm so glad that just you being here today you were acknowledging that Jesus is who He says He is. And He is able to do everything that He came to do in your life. And I'm so thankful to you. I want these singers to sing us out this morning. And I want you to find a few people and greet them and say hello. Make your way to the egg hunt or wherever it is that you need to go. And remember, He has risen.